How do you hide from something like this? Maybe the common factor isn't in those who were taken. Maybe it's in those who were left behind. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to Straight to Video, um, your number one podcast for uh, films released straight to uh, your living room. Um, this week we're talking about Left Behind, the landmark 2000-2001 Christian film, and uh, what some people might say is uh, you know, the biggest Christian film ever made, at least at that point in 2000 and 2001. Um, I'm here, as always, with David McMichael and Jenny Kay, and I'm also here with Emily Basma, who is our guest host for the week and also guest programmer. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hi. What's up? Um, if you don't know Emily... Um, What's wrong? They, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, directed a month of programming for us last year called the feminine mistreat which was um groundbreaking mind-bending um just like great content overall um and you should definitely check out in hindsight um so this week we're talking about left behind um i was listening yeah i know <laughs> here we are um I, I was take listening. full responsibility for this. As you should. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. Um, but this is... Jenny was not aware of this movie growing up, but uh, David, Emily, and I were extremely aware of it. Um, I was listening to a really good podcast a week or two ago. Um, I don't know if you listened to 99% Invisible, but they uh, released a podcast about uh, the Megaplex boom in the 90s. Um, and this movie was, was made during maybe the last great like movie content boom um so basically you know after vhs and dvd disrupted um the cinema economy in the 80s in the 90s um the theatrical response was the megaplex which originated in 1995 um and the idea was to create these giant like new movie palaces with 20 screens instead of four screens. Um, so that happened in 95, and by 1999, 2000, um, basically over like that three to four year span, the number of screens in America doubled. Um, and Hollywood started producing a lot more movies. Some people call 1999 one of the best years or the best year for movies ever, uh, simply because Hollywood was producing way more movies and was having to get experimental with what they were producing. So there were, you know, movie theaters with like 20 screens, but they hadn't figured out yet that they should just play um, the new Marvel movie on like 12 of those screens at once. So they were playing a different movie on every screen, which means that there were a shit ton of more movies and a shit ton of more interesting ideas going on. Being John Malkovich, which is one of the weirdest Hollywood movies of all time, opened up on 612 screens. Um, had like a semi-wide release in 99, which is real weird. And then 2000, also a shit ton of movies, uh, but the uh, the idea barrel was kind of empty. (laughs) And 2000 was a really weird and bad year for movies. 
Um, one of the weirdest and baddest movies that came out that year was Left Behind, <laughs> which didn't really come to theaters until February 2001, uh, but it did premiere in the fall of 2000 um, on home video. And by the time it came to theaters, it had sold 2.8 million copies, VHS, DVD, um, a combination of the two. Um, it was, at the time, <laughs> uh, the biggest Christian movie of all time, or at least that's how the film was touted by its producers. Do you guys remember this movie coming out in 2000 or 2001? I certainly do. I think I was, I think I was seven when this movie came out, and it was something that like. So I remember the kids in youth group were allowed to like when Passion of the Christ came out. They took all the kids with like signed permission slips to go take them, and I feel like something similar happened at my church with this. Where like if you were old enough, they did a field trip where you'd watch it. Um, and I just remember the books were always on the shelves. It was easy to check these movies out from the library. Like, I it, I remember it being a phenomenon, at least in my small corner of the world. I It, it was a weird phenomenon for me. And t- for, for those of you don't, who don't know, Tanner and I grew up together since we were, like, 11. So we've got a lot of shared experience, which includes a lot of shared church experience. Um <laughs> But I remember this movie being both kind of like a, like almost like a forbidden phenomenon. It's like a, a Christian movie, but um, our particular like Church of Christ environment was so conservative that if even like the Christian content didn't line up to the particular way that Christianity was portrayed in our church, it was still like forbidden. Um, and so I. I knew about this movie um, and I knew about the series and I knew that it was a big deal because I heard like other, <laughs> you know, other Christian compatriots from different churches talking about it. But I, I'd never seen it until today as, as a weird like Christian <clears throat> media, <laughs> like paradox, I guess. Yeah, it was. I think Jenny had not heard of this movie at the time, but this book series and film series was inescapable for i guess christians um yeah i was a sinner too busy watching like bring it on i guess yeah (laughs) but you can still see like vestiges of this phenomenon in a goodwill like if you go to a goodwill today you will see at least Mm. like 30 copies of left behind in the book section um it's one of those kind of books where you can like trace its cultural impact and um non-lingering cultural impact (laughs) like david you were telling me earlier that you or who was telling me earlier that you couldn't find anything about this on the internet i was saying that that? i couldn't really find much commentary on it on the internet i was really surprised by that because it's just i mean there's a nicholas cage remake you would think Mm -hmm. that there would be a lot of talk about it yeah, it's it was a phenomenal. It was a huge wave that kind of like came and went. Um, there are sixteen books in this series. What? Some of the titles of these books have multiple colons. <laughs> Do you have an example? 
I've literally never seen that before. Um, yeah, can I? I do. I do want to read the titles of some of these books, but I don't want to derail at the moment. So Tanner, you just you just like let me know when I should read some titles. <laughs> uh, no, let's do that now. Let's just get it out of our systems. <laughs> okay. All right. So book one um, of the Left Behind phenomenon series is called Left Behind: Colon, A Novel of the Earth's Last Days. Already cumbersome. Already way too fucking much. Wait, they announced that the book is a novel in the title of the book? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Colon, a novel of the Earth's last days. Okay. Um, uh, book two. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Uh, this is maybe the best of all. Um, tribulation Force colon the continuing drama of those left behind <laughs> um book book four i'm gonna skip around some soul harvest the world Ooh. takes sides scary um Chic. book six uh the first uh holy shit there's three colons in this title assassins colon assignment colon <laughs> jerusalem comma target colon antichrist that is, that is the actual title of book six released in Are you sure it's not a file name that someone accidentally <laughs> <laughs> That's a JPEG. Dot, dot JPEG. Um, let's see. There's a bunch with Antichrist in the title. Uh, mm-hmm. Book 11 is Armageddon, the Cosmic Battle of the Ages. Um, number 12 is Glorious Appearing, colon, oh. The End of Days. These Glorious Appearing. like random... <laughs> like youtube illuminati videos <laughs> they truly do <laughs> um here's a uh maybe a a mini series within the series um 13 14 15 the rising colon antichrist is born colon before they were left behind 14 the regime colon evil advances colon before they were left behind number two 15 Prequels. the rapture colon in the twinkling of an eye colon countdown to earth's last days number three and then number 16, and finally, Kingdom Come, colon, the final victory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praises be. I wish there were wow. just increasingly more colons every time. <laughs> it becomes more and more unhinged as it goes. Wow. Well, That's... the movie itself is left behind, colon, the movie. Or the film, right? It also oh, announces right. no. that it's a film. It yeah. announces like what media it is. Yeah, left behind colon the movie. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude. Thank Just you for sharing stop. that, David. <laughs> I love this movie. It's my favorite film. <laughs> it's my favorite film series. So we talked a little bit about um kind of like the context for this appearing. Um in terms of how this movie was actually made um i believe kirk cameron's wife told him in bed that he needed to make the movie and so they like i guess secured the rights and or like co-secured the rights with somebody um like a larger production house Mm -hmm. and then that production house sold the rights off to cloud 10 which is a like christian b-movie production house that was making movies about the apocalypse with like um mr t at the time Um, i've seen some of those movies yeah uh (laughs) it seems like and and they're they're the same people that actually 
uh, produced the 2014 Nick Cage mm. uh, reboot as well. Um, and these people were basically fighting with the authors of the book series the entire time these things were getting made because um, everybody knew that they were going to be <laughs> terrible. <laughs> and I, wh- what else, Emily, can you fill us in on some, some more details about the what happened, how this oh, happened? Right. <laughs> so I, if, I'm not sure if people are familiar. Kurt Cameron was a really famous uh, ty- uh, child and like tween actor. Like, he was in this show, this 80s sitcom called Growing Pains. He played Mike Seaver. Mm. And he was, like, teen heartthrob on the cover of Tiger Beat, like, huge at this time. And uh, I loved that show growing up. I was watching Same. reruns of it. But, yeah, it was so great. Yeah. It's where Leonardo DiCaprio got his start. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. All the yeah. As a child show. drunk. Yes, Sorry, as a child have, drunk. We don't Yeah. Growing Pains, y'all. But, um, so, and then I, he had a crush on some woman, or some girl, uh, his peer, and the <laughs> father of this girl was like, oh, Kirk, you have it all, but you don't have the Lord. And so he decided to, like, you know, research, because he really wanted to date this girl, and then he was like, oh, I'm not a staunch atheist like I thought. I love God. And so he becomes this born-again Christian. Which kind of, in turn, is, like, the downfall for Growing Pains. Because he now, like, he won't have, he won't let his character have, like, premarital sex. He shames the writers for wanting any of the characters to do that. He gets in this big fight with the the girl that's playing his sister. And, like, he just gets to a point where he doesn't even talk to the cast anymore. And it turns around and he ends up um, still being really good friends with... um, Alan Thicke, who plays the father in that show, who mm-hmm. is Robin Thicke's father in real life. Um, but so basically, like, this show kind of takes a tumble because he becomes super Christian and and maybe for other re- reasons, too. But so then he marries uh, his girlfriend who was on the show. Her name was Kate, who actually plays Hattie in this movie. And I will constantly refer to Hattie Ew. as Kate because Hattie's a weird... Uh, that's I don't know why that's her name. There's so many weird in names. In yeah, this. I was just like... Rami? Okay. I thought they were just mispronouncing Rami the whole time, and I was like, I guess they've got a little Arab son. I don't know, but no, it's Rami. Dirk Burton. confusing. Yeah. And so Kurt Cameron goes on to have this, like, large... Large? This uh, relatively large career in kind of the evangelical community of making these films. I think his most... The one that was most critically successful was one called Fireproof, which is about like a firefighter and God somehow. I, my dad really loves that movie. I've, I've um, seen that one. Yeah. But so they go on to make films like this. And now he is, I think he's a televangelist now. I know he's gotten in a lot of trouble because he doesn't think that coronavirus is real. And he like had this massive uh, protest uh, in the form of Christmas caroling where he was like, we don't want to wear masks. We're going to show God to the world. Um, so basically, that's little Kirk Cameron. Mm. My favorite fun fact about him is he refuses to kiss, uh, any woman other than his wife. So if he has a kissing scene with a woman on TV, he makes his wife dress up as the character, and she comes in and is the body double. <gasps> no! She, he, he did that in Fireproof. I remember Stop. that. Stop! <laughs> yeah. But his wife is kissing that other man in this movie, so I guess it doesn't matter if she does it. Oh but. my god. <laughs> Scandal! He... 
It's Kirk, Kirk Cameron. That. Kirk Cameron likes to watch. I was just gonna oh, say. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's fuck. probably what it is. There's <laughs> there's something else going on there. We're not kink shaming you, Kurt. Do what you need to do. But yeah. no. so that's a that's a little history about him in particular. Because I do I feel like that's one reason that the film even got funded was because he was this like relatively famous person. Oh, I, being I'm like, sure. we want to make this movie. All so, four million dollars um, of its budget. <laughs> the book so, series was also a phenomenon. Yeah, for to sure. To be fair. For sure. So this person that converted him to Christianity is is Hattie in this movie. I don't know I don't know if that's actually who it is. Like so. I read it I read this like it was a first person interview and he doesn't specify if it's that actor's dad. But he says that like I liked this girl and her dad was like so I feel like if it was Hattie's the actress, he would have said my wife's father. But okay. I think it might be a different a different woman lost lost in the world whose dad got him to convert. So we have him to blame. We've well, got that dad she, to blame. I mean they scored they scored a good soul for the Lord. Oh, <laughs> they sure did. They sure did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you, you gotta you gotta say it in that voice too. They sure they sure did. The problem is, is this? So like, I am from the woods of Savannah, basically Savannah, Georgia. And when I think back to this time of like being eight, I was this little hick that like I grew up on a state park, so I literally grew up in the woods. And I watched these movies <laughs> at my neighbor's house. So my parents, my parents are like pretty devout Christians, but they were okay with us like watching regular films and, and listening to music and stuff. And I went to my friend's house and we always, we watched like Shrek the week before. And I was like, what fun film are we going to watch tonight? And her, her grandmother sat us down and was like, you're watching this movie and you're paying attention. And so we had to watch three different nights, all three left behind films. And then like a couple times after that, when we would come over, we had to watch the left behind films. And it was just like, I don't think my parents even knew that this woman was making us watch these films. Cause I think my parents might've been like, they might be a little young for that, but that's so, so me thinking of these movies turns me into a little barefoot Georgia girl being like, I don't want to watch left behind again. I want to watch the Grinch. (laughs) (laughs) So, <laughs> shout out oh, to God. the Grinch, the highest grossing movie of 2000. Um, the Grinch was. Yeah, like <laughs> this is the worst year for movies, probably of all time. Probably. Um, but also, I think this movie is the opposite of Shrek. <laughs> if, if, I, if I really think about it. Um, so that's quite a quite oh a. Oh my God! Um, wow. Yeah. The only yeah, background like a, info I, I know about this movie is that all of a lot of the actors were volunteers from a local church. <laughs> that, that sends a chill down my spine for some reason. That makes me Ooh. uncomfortable and sad. <laughs> when we say actors, we mean everybody except Kurt Cameron, right? Uh, yes, and, yeah. and Gordon or whatever. His name and, is the Antichrist. Oh, oh. Gordon um, Curry. Yeah, what is it? Nikolai, what is his name in this? It's something uh, Russian, Car- Russian signaling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Which it's is like the... a Romanesque. So I was, yeah, I was looking it up and I was like, is this a Bible character that I don't remember? And the Carpathia Mountains are mountains that separate Central and Eastern Europe. Right. 
Which kind of makes sense, because, like, in a lot of weird... I mean, I can't speak to every... I live in a lot of weird, like, Southern evangelical Christianism. Like, Russia is very... They're like, we think that Russia's going to be the reason that the world falls apart. So it's like, it makes sense that they, like, cast this guy to be this, like, kind of Russian antichrist. I wouldn't say that this film is very uh, racially or ethnically sensitive. <laughs> oh, my God. No. What, what do you find most offensive about this movie? Oh, God. <sighs> Where to start? There is... <laughs> it's very funny just the way that Arabs are talked about in general in this film. I like that they, they have this problem where they're like... They forget that Jew and Israeli is not synonymous, and they forget that Arab and Muslim is not synonymous. Uh-oh. So they'll talk about, like... The the Israelis and the Muslims are doing this kind of thing, and it's sort of like they don't really know what they're talking about. And there's what is this line? Oh, this line I wrote it down because it made me sad, but it also made me laugh really hard. Um, oh yeah, it was like, who will deliver the Arabs? Their children <laughs> die from hunger, and they still choose war. And then he says, where when their children die of hunger, the Arabs will cry for peace. Oh and I was just God. like, that okay, was, that was fucking wild yeah i was like all right i guess that's where we're going here because i do i do attribute this film with like there's also this and i feel like this is also kind of global but there's this strand of evangelicalism that is like there will never be peace in the middle east it is because that is where christ is from it'll never be peaceful when like in the 60s it was like the middle east was the popular destination for like europeans to vacation like it's this weird uh, something happened in like the 80s and 90s where they were like okay well but now the middle east is falling apart and we're just gonna say that it's always falling apart and it won't stop until christ comes back and this movie leans into that hard (laughs) (sighs) it's so hard oh hearing that line just made me cringe because i watched this movie in my backyard kind of loudly (laughs) and like I, I do not know what my neighbors think of me now. <laughs> Having watched that and then Flubber the following week, I just... There's like, what do know about this Jenny girl? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, it, it it's... The whole thing is just offensive. I do think it takes place in the same universe as Xenon, though. <laughs> Please expand on that. Because yeah. um, Dirk Burton pulls out that little tiny disc... That looks like Xenon's earring. Watch. Oh, From his watch. Yeah, yeah, he pulls out that little tiny disc, and I was like, is that Xenon's earring? <laughs> my mind is blown. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe the next Left Behind can be what happens on their uh, spaceship. Does Zen- any of them get raptured? Xenon, <laughs> the Antichrist? <laughs> Love that. I-, I was just thinking about, uh, Emily, your description of, like, the way they, the way they talk about, the way that they... Like truly cannot hold distinctions between like vastly different groups of people, and mm-hmm. I feel like this movie and and like so much Christian media that I've seen, um, really only has like a child's understanding of like the world or institutions or like how anything works. It's like if you asked a five year old to describe like, uh, like what, like like what to describe like geopolitical you know like borders and things like they just don't fucking know like there's the um the way that they talk about the the un i think oh um 
is just, you mean the main are, character of this film the un <laughs> yeah they're like i i'm going to the un the only place that offers any hope and like the way that the un is structured and like what they can do and who leads it and like transfer of power it's like it's like the writers of this film they like heard about the un one time and they thought oh this is i th- i heard this word and it is kind of like a government like maybe that can be uh the focal point of this movie and i also feel like they only have a child's understanding of the way to actually like create a movie i think one of the <laughs> one of the things that i kept thinking is like why are these people's faces not lit <laughs> like the faces oh the faces of the people are in shadow literally the entire movie like you can't see their fucking faces yeah. it's like do they not take one lighting class to learn like how to they only light use god's light face of a person <laughs> and i just like no no go ahead please i just like to think that because there someone on this set was technically competent there was someone on this set who was like we're gonna have some dolly moves we're gonna have shot variety we're going to uh you know use frame within frame and that kind of thing and i feel like that person was just screaming and being ignored the whole time (laughs) and they were like please please let me add another light and someone was just like we don't have time and they just like kept moving on because there's some moments where i'm like oh that's like a lovely shot and then like the next moment i'm like i don't know what i'm looking at anymore Uh, I mean, would you like me to do a dramatic reading of um, the director's filmography, a, a selected filmography? Absolutely. Yes, definitely. Um, a Father's Nightmare. <laughs> a Surrogate's Nightmare. <laughs> a Wife's Nightmare. <laughs> no. <laughs> A daughter's nightmare. I'm going in reverse chronological order. A sister's nightmare. A mother's nightmare. Um, uh, A grandpa's nightmare? I'm I'm pretty sure those are all... uh, Can y'all guess which... Um, basic cable channel those movies appear on. Lifetime, lifetime. Yeah, there it is. Oh my god, I'm. That's incredible. I, this movie is a lifetime movie. Oh, hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Just like in the DNA. Um. I, I don't know. Oh god, that is like a dream though, because so, lifetime movies, I'm pretty sure are they're written. They're written very quickly, and they're shot in two weeks. Lifetime films yep. are. And, like, that's a dream to work on a movie like that. It must be so much fun. Like, because everybody yeah. knows it's not good, but they're also like, mm-hmm. but everybody's still going to watch it. <laughs> I bet it's really fun unless it's a Christian movie. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good point. Isn't, aren't they all? I mean. Hallmark, Hallmark swings more Christian. Lifetime swings more true crime. Mm-hmm. And, like, plane crashes. Yeah, yeah, tragedy. Lifetime's like, oh, you want to cry? Let's cry, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That should be their tagline. Um, I I had I had only one more small thing that I dug up, which was um, 
a quote from Jerry Falwell, the uh, kind of evil, deposed Liberty University president, very homophobic, just terrible Christian person. Um, he said uh, about the first book in this series, um, quote, in terms of its impact on Christianity, it's probably greater than that of any other book in modern times outside the Bible. I think he's right. <laughs> rough. Sure. Quite rough. What about the message? I guess that's technically the Bible. Isn't that a um, yeah. devotional? The message? It. Uh, please define devotional for me. Like a de- like a do de- the thing that makes a devotional different is they have like uh, activities to do in it, like journaling oh. prompts. Mm-hmm. And I thought the message was also a devotional. Mm-hmm. What about the okay. secret? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know this one. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, Jenny. The, the, the dead mom in this movie gives her nose ring wearing daughter a teen devotional Bible. Did you notice that? That um, shot that shot of the cover of her looking at the teen devotional mm-hmm. Bible is was an advertisement my... for the teen devotional Bible. Oh. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I had one of those as a child. That so was that, that was like my favorite book? image from the movie. It, oh, there's so many activities. There's like pictures, yeah. activities, there's like little blocks off to the side of the text, like oh, a textbook, uh, like quotes, like references to other stuff all across the mm-hmm. Bible. Like uh, yeah, it's um it's very it's engineered to be very engaging yeah it's so like uh, they have a lot of them that are like uh this will help you read the bible in a year oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll and they'll even like reorient the chapters and stuff in the way that they think is better to read and then you have at the end of everything like why do you think that ruth felt this way when that man was like i want to marry you and her cousin was like but he's our kin <laughs> Oh my, oh my god, you guys. <laughs> I had a I had a young girls with a Z. It was like a G U R L Z. Young girls devotional. And it was hot pink. And it talked about your period. <laughs> Wait, have you guys Whoa. seen these like um like kinfolk style Bibles you can buy now? No. They're like books that are like individual books from the Bible, but they look like um kinfolk catalogues. Like they're just um, really hip, modern looking. Yeah. Oh wow, that's weird. Yeah. Is, huh. is the Bibles Bible, have gotten real weird? I mean, is if, the Bible like, public domain? I think so. What, Maybe. Uh, what other domain would it be? <laughs> uh, heavenly. Divine. Domain. Yeah. Divine domain. <laughs> but so anyone can make Bible stuff. Like like Hyper yes. Real Film Club could like like make a Bible. I think so. Wow, you guys. You'd go to hell, our money maker. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> maybe not worth it. Um, I do still have a Bible. Do you guys have Bibles? Yeah, mine's Here, downstairs. This, here's my Bible. I still have it out of guilt. <gasps> That's what Katie um, told me. You had a guilt Bible, but I didn't realize yeah, it was going to be that it's accessible. The new revised standard version of the HarperCollins study Bible, including apocryphal Deuterocanonical books with concordance. Mine, mine's downstairs. It's an apologetics Bible. Um, can I get a? I want to get a picture of you guys oh, holding oh, your Bibles. Oh, it was my stuff. I loved it, and it had a foreword from Ravi Zacharias, wow. which uh, a lot of bad stuff just come out about him. So that's disappointing. Wow. 
<laughs> I I have mine, which <laughs> apparently was easily accessible as well. It is en- engraven with my name on the front of it in uh-huh. gold gold leaf. And I'm just realizing that it was presented to me on the date of my baptism. <laughs> mine, mine's from my 18th birthday. Stop. When was your baptism? Wait, I need... Oh, three. Wow. Were you, were you fully submerged or did you have that intention? What are these words? <laughs> oh, Church, Church of Christ, it doesn't count unless you're fully submerged. Ooh. Interesting. I was fully submerged too, but I also know a lot of people who are baptized through intinction. Mm-hmm. Intinction means that they take holy water and sprinkle it over your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Jenny. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds fun. <laughs> the When I got baptized, I got to put on this fun white robe, and then I uh, got dunked in this pool that was very warm, so I had a good time. How old were you? I think I was... Probably, like, the next week after I watched Left Behind for the first time. <laughs> I think I was, well, like, eight, seven or eight. <laughs> I was baptized, but I was a baby. Oh, good. So, I can hang. Yeah, you can yeah. hang. Yeah. Chapter two. Any questions? Oh, my God. So many questions, Tammy. I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody, does anybody really want to start? I can also start. Um, I can start. Okay. I want to know what... Uh, earthbound employee dressed ivy and gloria because why does she have a henna tattoo on her forehead okay i, I have know. a theory oh what's your theory well i don't know about the close i feel like they were supposed to be there was some sort of hint that they were gay together right. i, I yes. assume that ivy and gloria are wives and happily married okay yeah mm-hmm. and i just felt yeah. like something about like their clothing was supposed to rep- make them you know that was more of the style of the time and, right, very Lilith Fair. Right, make them seem really just like free spirited, um, hippie women who right. are probably really loose um, and gay. I guess. I I, just love none of the sense. clothes made sense to me. Kirk Cameron's no. suit, like none of them, nothing fit. It made no sense. <laughs> well, those '90s clothes, like boys were wearing big suits. I guess so but his was especially bad like the colors and the fit were really sad yeah. so this was a thing when when i got the movies confused because one of the movies deals with the mark of the beast and i was like oh, oh. she already has her mark of the beast and i was just her like, henna. <laughs> yeah and then sean was like no i just think that's a henna tattoo <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah but I just, I love, I love when a, a movie is like, we need somebody who's like hip or edgy or alternative. And they're like, just put a lot of things on them. Like giving, <laughs> giving Chloe the nose ring. I love it. Right. <laughs> I was surprised that they let them smoke cigarettes in a Christian I, movie. I was too. I was shocked. Yeah. Mm. I gotta say. The, the weird thing about this movie is, and in a way I kind of like it, but they... Like, all of our good Christian characters are already gone, so we do get to just live with the people who are supposed to be flawed. And I do think that's kind of interesting. But that's more the book's doing than the movie's doing. Mm-hmm. I know. I have a question. Man, that's wild because everyone that's still in the movie seems so unbearably pious. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know anybody's names in this movie, and I'm the character names, and I'm surprised that anybody else does um so 
so I apologize if I'm just describing people based off their appearances. Um, the pilot's daughter has Chloe. a nose ring. Mm-hmm. Is that why she doesn't? Is that why she gets left behind? <laughs> <laughs> it was because of her nose ring. Because she's a child, right? But all the children no, get taken. She's in college. She's in. Because she's on her way for college exams. The so cutoff is like 18? SATs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> If you've taken your SAT, you've now been confirmed, and you have to decide if you're going to church or not. <laughs> I think I think God was like, she looks like someone from the craft, so I'm not going to take her. But like light diet craft, she still just like looks like a, a kid you would see at church. She just has a nose ring. Yeah. <laughs> Kids from um, church think- had nose rings. Also, in 2000, 2000, yes. 100%. Every cool youth pastor, like every woman that was a youth pastor, had a nose ring and a really long skirt. Certainly. (laughs) (laughs) She also says that she, um, whenever her mom talks to her about church stuff, she pretends she's listening. So I think God was like, now you're going to (laughs) listen. Wow. She had some lessons to learn. Uh Uh-huh. Apparently. From her teen devotional Bible. Yes, from her teen devotional. So, still young enough to have a teen devotional Bible. Mm-hmm. Still technically a teen, but in right. college. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was wondering, yeah, too, about, like, the... What was the cutoff as far as age? Because, like, so my parents grew up very Catholic, and Catholics have a very different idea. Like, babies that aren't baptized go to... Don't they go to limbo? Or no, they go to the other one. There's, like, four places you can go. And so, like, kill- children don't automatically go to heaven if they're not baptized in-, in Catholicism. So I was wondering, like, what approach this universe had. And it seems like if you're just a kid, because there's, like, six different women that are yelling about their babies after the rapture happens. And I don't know why we needed more than one. Yeah, I like, think this is, like, so this is secular Christianity, right? Like, non-denom? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, 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 like, not non-Catholic. So Protestant, non-denominational, right. probably. Yeah, I think so. That would that seems right. But still, I'm confused about the age cutoff because they say explicitly in the movie that 142 million people disappeared. So first of all, how did they come up with that number? <laughs> That's <laughs> a very specific and very large number. Um, I don't. Yeah, is that number biblical? Because the Bible does start shouting out numbers in Revelation. That's a good question. Revelations is like half numbers, and Revelations yeah. is really <laughs> stupid. It is stupid. It's like a it's, bad fan fiction. Anybody? <sighs> There's a lot of numbers that are like 144. It's like 12s yeah. and 7s and 4s. Yeah. But, okay, so here's the thing. In the year, like, assuming this takes place in like 1995 which was when the first book was written, or like 1994. At that point in time, there were over 1.5 billion children on Earth. But this movie says mm-hmm. that all the children were taken and the believing adults, but that's only 142 million people. So I don't know how that adds up. Maybe it was only the children of Christian people. Ew. Yeah. But then why wouldn't the parents have gone if they were Christian? Well, because the parents weren't good enough, but... Well, thinking about the plane, though, like, on the plane, all, everybody, like, under 18 got left. Yeah. Well, they were all American. (laughs) 
I was gonna say, I was like, I do think that there's a, a <laughs> nationality thing we've got going on here. Yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, this American movie. Christian this movie is incredibly xenophobic. So. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet this movie would be shocked to find out that in other nations there are Christian people. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> okay. Also, similar question. Um, what's the stance on pets? Because I think there's only one animal in this movie, and that's Dirk's mouse. Is the only animal that I noticed. And Dirk's mouse does not go to heaven. Dirk's <laughs> mouse gets left behind. So what's happening with... Did they, are the animals not going to heaven at the rapture? So I've been told by multiple different pastors that your pets are not going to heaven. And that the animals in heaven are like new animals. They're not humans. <laughs> wait, yeah. no. I, they, <laughs> wait. What? Because they talk. Okay, when you're talking about heaven in the Bible, there is a lot of. They talk about a lot of different animals. Like they talk about. Like the seraphim. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But like it's. It talks a lot about like snakes and lions and sheep. And and the imagery, it makes it seem like there are animals in heaven, but they are not the ones from earth. They were born in heaven. Yeah. And, And one really weird thing about that is that. Like, when a preacher is making everything up anyways, like, why don't they just tell a kid, like, yes, your pet is going to be in heaven with you. Yeah, your dog will be there. I don't care. (laughs) He's going to Rainbow Bridge. Sparky's in heaven. (laughs) But I just think that mouse was a sinner. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. That mouse had a gambling problem. (laughs) Do you think Tom and Jerry are in heaven? Absolutely not. One hundred percent. I never got not. an answer. Which is which? Which one's Tom and which one's Jerry? <laughs> Jerry is the mouse. Tom is the cat. Tom cat. Oh, Tom cat. Okay, makes and, more sense. And Jerry mouse. And Jerry mouse. Jerry yeah. mouse. <laughs> They're our, both our the worst. Austin has a problem with Jerry mousing. It, it, oh. Yeah. Uh, all of America has a problem with Jerry Mousing. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. Jerry Mousing is a big deal. And we do need to get it corrected, people. We do. We have a very small window. It's basically like a year before midterms. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, <laughs> other questions. Uh, okay, so I have one. Um, why does that guy try to jump off the plane? I don't oh. know, but I love it. I love that acting. Because he doesn't want to die. <laughs> That man woke up and he said, I am acting today. (laughs) He's like the only person in the movie who's acting. Um, (laughs) Bite your tongue. He he had to be one of the church volunteers. Yes, yes. They were like, he plays Judas in the church play every single year. He's got to be this guy. (laughs) It's so weird. Like, he gets introduced before that scene. Mm Um. Like he he's part of like the shot setup for the whole like environment of the plane, but I don't like what is his arc? I don't understand why he's in the movie. This is a very short movie with a lot of stuff yeah. going on. Why is he like such a big part of this movie doing that thing? <laughs> I don't get it. It's for the drama. Is it to make the pilot more likable? Because we for you really mm. shouldn't care about the pilot. He's oh. skipped his son's birthday to go be with. <laughs> 
Well, to, to work, because he hates his family, and then to, like, be with the flight attendant that he's having an affair with. So I guess it's to be like, well, he tried to save this guy. Yeah, pilots who um, have, like, seniority the way that this guy does in America only work, like, 60 days a year. I literally have it written down, because my partner's dad was a Delta captain. Like, you, they choose the flights they go on. They don't yeah. have to work that much. Like, no. he would never get called the day of an international flight to fly it. No way. <laughs> the Which only unbelievable thing in this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the guy who steals uh, Chloe's car in the when she's like oh my god in that in that road pile up he also has a moment where he's just like all right got a blast and maybe gets in that car angry (laughs) they really wanted to show off that car crash makeup because they the Mm. they are just lingering on those bloody people for too long and that was some makeup artist being like i spent six hours on that you're gonna show it Mm. (laughs) while we're on the plane i have a question about a conversation that happens Mm -hmm. um I just want to know, like, can you just get a job at the UN? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, you could, but it's, I got to tell you ahead of time, it's no picnic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how you go from stewardess to, like, inner circle UN employee. Yeah. That's... I don't know. It's is truly, it in the book? Truly she was in like a security council meeting. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was in the room. Yeah, when like the top eleven government officials in the world mm-hmm. right. were were like palavering. Like yeah. she was in the global inner circle. And for people who haven't seen this and will not, she is a stewardess. It's... Which nothing against it. My mom was one for decades, but she just acts as if she's like. Well, I'm kind of tired. I think I'm going to go work at the UN. And... <laughs> day three. It's like her third day there, and she's yeah. in that meeting. <laughs> yes. In her, like, skirt suit. Just being like, this is my job now. <laughs> and she gets a she reference. She obviously couldn't have been trained. No. She, didn't even, she didn't even start her job until after people got left behind. Yeah. <laughs> she was on the flight when people got left behind it. So how, who trained her? For that job it was because kirk cameron gave her an in or something right like maybe he... all the other employees at the un got left behind and so it was just <laughs> her they just took I, thought, anybody. I did think that i when they were showing the like round table and like they had all the countries and i was like look they're letting all of these different countries people go to heaven and then i was like oh no they're just not there it's just not at the <laughs> i was like look at them that's sweet no. <laughs> uh, no, truly not. I have a question. Um, is there a way to get these actors some lemon water? Because the mouth sounds oh in this God. movie. <laughs> it was like an ASMR video. Like, I was like, what's going on? <laughs> yes. Chronic dry mouth. It's a problem. And all of these actors have it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they should leave behind some water. um i i had a couple of questions um one of them was so obviously like one of the big set pieces of this movie about the rapture is like the moment of the rapture and my feeling was that they 
fucking bungled it. Like it was so <laughs> yeah. boring and bad. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. I, I just my question is, how did y'all feel about the actual moment of the rapture in this movie? Such a bummer. When it, when you say that, do you mean when the old woman is like, my husband is gone? Yeah, and she's like, but her but his clothes are still here, and it's perfectly yeah. laid out as if he that... disappeared and his clothes didn't move. And like it's I thought, I wrote that they down have that too, conversation like, for like ninety seconds. It's such a long conversation, uh-huh. so long, and then it reveals like two minutes later that his clothes are there, which they right. both would have acknowledged immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's gone off naked. Is the punchline <laughs> right before they show his clothes laid out? Is just, this this movie did like start that right of like thinking that the rapture would be like that does that make sense because i grew up quite young so i always thought of the rapture as being like everybody just gets sucked out of their clothes and like this movie is the reason that culturally people think that right because that's not biblical oh i, guess I mean so. there's nothing in this movie or particularly in modern christianity that's biblical good point good point so that's a, a multi-level question right um I feel like it is a meme. Like this movie right. got popular enough that it popularized, yeah, a notion of the rapture that we also think of. Because my like there's had... like there's that movie from '91 called The Rapture, which is awesome, but which not enough people have seen, and it didn't like popularize any notions about the rapture. And like, but this movie did. Yeah. Because my partner hadn't seen this, but he knew the whole, like, rapture, your clothes get left behind thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. And then I yeah. watched The Leftovers on HBO, and I believe that they also did that in the show. Really? All the clothes were left. Hmm. Interesting. It looked, it just looked so silly. It was so boring, yeah. It was like, they, these clothes, like, I can just see someone just like putting the clothes there. Like, I, there was no suspension of disbelief for me right. in that moment whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And like, right. I go, I go into every movie. I'm like, I'm willing to, like, mainline my brain straight mm-hmm. into this movie. And I did that with this one. And I was like, they, someone just put those fucking clothes there. Like, doesn't you know why? Because they don't fucking trust you with anything. This movie, <laughs> yeah. treats you like a fucking idiot. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> There's it no really suspension does. of disbelief required because the movie outlines everything for you and treats you like you have an IQ of like four. But at the same time, I didn't get it. <laughs> still a confusing film. <laughs> Even if the movie sure. thinks I'm dumb. Still a confusing film. Sure. Like the way that movie like sets up the joke of the man disappearing from his clothes, it takes like two minutes. Yeah. It should be like a two second joke. And the movie has like four jokes that it takes like 30 minutes to set up each other <laughs> and that's all it is yeah i i have one more question this is this is kind of a bummer of a question so tell me if we need to not talk about this but on i'm on the screen right now with multiple other people who really love movies and who grew up christian so i have to ask uh why can't like professed christians make compelling stories about people struggling with faith i like, think about this often like it is it is so possible to tell that story mm-hmm. like uh like graham green for instance tells like 
like truly deeply human, deeply compelling stories about like like the whiskey priest who like people who like have deep faith in that as their like lens to, through which to see the world and everything that happens to them and all their relationships. And it's like a, a heart wrenching, uh, like, you know, like mine to mine. Um, like there's so much there, but I have, I've never, ever, 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 ever encountered a story that is like, uh, you know, proclaimably Christian told by a Christian, like for the intent of being kind of Christian storytelling that does that effectively ever. I'm looking up actually good Christian movies. <laughs> I just well, think I'm... that like if you're a real like a person who really believes this stuff, you're not going to spend your time like all your time making weird movies to make money about it. Mm. Mm. Well, I mm-hmm. so when <laughs> I was going off to college and I was telling my friend's parents that what I wanted to do and was become a filmmaker I remember distinctly a friend's dad being like oh that's amazing and he named this studio that did fireproof and he was like you're gonna make incredible films like that and at this time I was still a believer and I was massively offended oh, <laughs> I was like yeah. I'm not making movies <laughs> like that but it is a problem and it's that's like so true I I have no problem with people who are still in this faith some of my good friends still are and are wonderful people and have good taste and like like interesting films and won't watch movies like this and they won't watch God's Not Dead. They won't watch, you know, all of these like m- movies that crop up like every couple years that are supposed to be these like super inspiring incredible Christian films and they're like I'm not wasting my time watching that. Like I would I'd rather watch The Departed. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know if it's the... It feels like the wrong people have the money in these situations. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a televangelist is siphoning off some money to get these films made and not giving it to people who are actually careful artists. Mm-hmm. Because a real Christian artists, who, again, I have quite a few friends of, are, like, struggling with these things and are interested in, in telling these stories, and these stories aren't being given... The money's not being given to them to make. Mm-hmm. Because the most interesting character in this film is the pastor, who's like, why did I get left behind? And the movie does not care. Like, that could be the movie right there, is him just being like, this is confusing. I am a pastor, and I'm still here. I don't know what I did wrong. But the movie gives it, like, two scenes, and then they're like, all right, cool. We got to get out of here. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was like, the compelling point for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, plus his also, wide knee spread, but we can get to I that thought later. He was a, <laughs> I thought he was about to break into song. <laughs> yeah. Because the way he's bouncing that ball and the way he's talking is very rhythmic. And I was like, are we about to have a musical number? Like, that I want the one man show that is just that guy. <laughs> well, when I looked up actually good Christian themed films, people on Reddit said Les Mis. Um, but I don't know. Mm. Interesting. I mean, what about like First Reformed that kind of like touches on. Um, have you guys seen that? No. Yeah, no. yeah, definitely the Ethan Hawke movie. Yeah, yeah, no, the movie's yeah, great. Yeah. And it's like mm-hmm. if you made like an interesting movie about the pastor, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also The Departed would be a really good name for this movie. Just <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yes. Oh man, that's good. You know, Poof Point. <laughs> oh, Poof Point. Poof Point would also be great. Poof Point, The Departed. This came out the same year as the Poof Point. I... Oh, my God. <laughs> Just saying. Like, I don't know. 
That is a good question, though. I don't know. I don't know why most films about Christians made by Christians aren't just wretched. Because they are. I mean, there's like, have you seen? I don't know. Like, there's like Silence by Scorsese that came out a few years ago. Also great. But I don't know if he's like a, a Christian making a Christian movie, and right. like I, I feel like he's a filmmaker making a film, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Ben Hur is, is a Christian making a movie going to make a good movie, or will only like a filmmaker making a film make a good a good film? That is, um, like as I've as I've been thinking about this, um. I heard this this distinction between um, I don't know I mean I hate to use this word exactly but like art like big air quotes art um, versus uh, media that is made to um, like achieve a purpose mm-hmm. and they were kind of <laughs> defining these categories as like um, in like films let's let's say a Scorsese film versus like pornography. It's like there's there's a movie there's something that you watch in order to like experience it and then there's something that you consume in order to achieve a purpose um right yeah and i feel like maybe maybe that is one of the distinctions here like like a christian film like um left behind has to achieve the purpose of like evangelizing to you and not just not just telling a story like you it, for it to succeed in the goal that it has, it needs to, like, convert all of its characters to mm-hmm. Christianity by the end of the movie. Even, even like with, like with Kirk Cameron, when that is not on his character arc, like, there's mm-hmm. no reason that he should turn to faith in order to solve his problems. That's not like a problem that's set up for him. <laughs> um, like it, it, it is it's for so the true. pilot. It is for the pilot. Like the pilot uh-huh. has that backstory there of like. He's like, I pretend to pay attention, or his daughter says that, and he's like, I hate these people that my wife invites over. So he, mm-hmm. there's at least like a seed there that, that his like conversion makes sense for him as a character. Like it still sucks, but it makes sense. But Kirk Cameron, like, he's just a reporter, and then all of a sudden he's in the bathroom on his knees, and he's like, God help me. <laughs> and, there's no, and there's no reason for it, but it achieves the purpose of converting the characters, and I guess like. And us as well. And uh, exactly, like trying to convince the audience, like this will solve your problems. That was a review I saw. Was this film saved so many souls? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Chapter three. How could I have been in Chicago? <laughs> what is the most straight to streaming line of dialogue in this movie? I have several. But I'm, I can try and do one. Um, my first one is, use me, oh Lord, please just use me. <laughs> and then in response, he says, he already has. Um, which Bruce Barnes, who is a pastor, is saying that. And he is, it's a fairly erotic scene where he's kneeling, but his knees are spread out so wide on the floor that his crotch (laughs) is almost touching the ground. (laughs) And then Rayford, Rayford Steele, like what a name, is kind of like creeping up behind him and and is is responds to him. Is that the pilot? The the pilot, yeah. And okay. then speaking of the pilot, I also really like, which I feel like is the only joke in the movie, 
when he starts reading the Bible and he starts reading from the start and goes, in the beginning, it's a little late for that. <laughs> that was my line. Because right before that, he takes the Bible and chucks it into a mirror. Yes. And we just see him crying in the broken shards of mirror. <laughs> That's where the montage starts. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh the montage you want. Yes. And then he does that thing, that that like movie thing of picking up the Bible and like brushing it off several times. And like, it's clear there's nothing on it. He just like brushes it with his hand, the front of his hand, the back of his hand, and then like gives it a little shake. I could and, not like, stop <laughs> laughing about how no one brushes with the back and then the front of your hand if you're trying no. to remove dust. <laughs> It was no, like a cartoon. No, not at all. I like when he tells his daughter, I know where mom and Raimi are. They're in heaven <laughs> with God. He's just, come on, he, you guys. That I, motherfucker also becomes, his like piety levels go from zero to a hundred in a fucking second. Mm-hmm. Like he does, right? he walks up behind the pastor who is like i'm having a faith crisis and this guy who just before that was like having an affair like d- like hates god he's like he had don't, sex don't. on the left the left behind plane he did he was mile high club on a <laughs> rapture plane and and that he is <laughs> and he's like don't worry bro god's got you and like you don't fucking know like you don't know <laughs> You don't know what God's about. Like, you just came to this party. You just showed up, like, ten minutes ago. You're really offended by this, David. What are you talking about? (laughs) I know. You can't get in at the 11th hour. I know the Bible says sometimes that you can, but it's not real. There's no 11th hour apostles. Seriously, I have have no chance. I mean, none of us do at this point. The thief on the cross. The thief on the cross got in. Mm, That was a fake out. (laughs) Damn. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's hard to hear. I feel like the name Dirk Burton is also a straight to streaming oh. line. That's my f- <laughs> yes. Dirk That's Burton. my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the most straight to streaming, but it is my favorite. <laughs> what does he yeah. say? He's just like, I need you to find Dirk Burton. <laughs> yes. I want Dirk that Burton line to be general. in every movie. Dirk Burton is. <laughs> the coolest name and also (laughs) i agree that we need to find him and like it seems like he's an important person just based off his name man dirk Um, dirk is a is a pretty storied name and we've got dirk diggler um (laughs) we've got dirk pitt who is matthew mcconaughey in sahara who's like uh clive cussler's hero but it's like it's a powerful name you know dirk dirk Think about Dirk. <laughs> I am, David. There was there was a really uh, famous country star named Dirk Bentley in mm. 2003. Mm-hmm. That I really Joe liked. Dirk? No, that's him. <laughs> right. <laughs> Joe, Joe Dirk and his sister. God, my that was my line, Jenny. The other ones I had, that was the one that I had circled because I was like, that's, that's the best one. <laughs> but then I also have the, I think he's gone off naked. Because it's so <laughs> stupid. Yes. And then absolutely. the whole the whole who will deliver the Arab children. <laughs> oh my god. Whole Ooh. section. It's I was painful. like And the way they deliver it. They just deliver it like they are reading it off of a teleprompter. 
Those two characters didn't memorize their lines. Or <laughs> memorize them right before they were getting on screen. Couple uh, runners up. Uh, I like the drunk bar lady who's <laughs> just tells the bartender, here's some money. <laughs> yeah, Fill her up. So. Fill her um, up. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> um, Especially after the rapture. Another uh, runner-up is, like, I feel like the only real use of slang in the movie when the, um, the nose ring daughter is like, what are you doing in my house? And Kirk Cameron says, hoping you're not going to brain me with that vase. Yes. <laughs> I laughed so hard. <laughs> Why like does he idea. say it like that? <laughs> I like the idea of Kurt being just like, hey, I'm just going to try something. Just let me try this. <laughs> he, he did it again, too, when he's like... Um, was he like, I'm going to do it street for one take? Yeah, yeah. And that was the one that the director was like, oh, he sold it. He probably just he believed it because he was on growing pains that brain me. Brain real. Me. He, he said, you get me a story and you know I'll drive it down to the bone. Like, that shit, too. Like... Oh, was that in the same convo when he was like, knock it down a couple thousand RPMs? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh, man, that was good. <laughs> Two, was that Dirk Burton in the parking garage when he meets him? Uh, he says that to Dirk, yeah. He says that to Dirk. Yeah. After he goes on the most unhinged monologue that I watched twice and still don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> like, I don't know what he's saying in it. <laughs> That's nonsense. Yeah. Okay. First runner-up for me is maybe the common factor isn't those who were taken. Maybe it's those who were left behind. <laughs> um, always, anytime you mention the title in a quote. Um, always good. Yeah. And then I, I think number one is um, when he says, it's true. All of it's true. <laughs> um, because you can't just like say that and make it real. Um, unless it's in a straight-to-video movie. And mm-hmm. in that case, maybe you can. Maybe you can. Did we talk about how this movie, like, almost had a theatrical release first? But, like, no, came out on not. video first and but then I, had a theatrical release. I also read that when they sold people the video, it came with, like, a voucher coupon to go see the film in theaters a year later. I've never heard of price. that before. It's not like a free ticket. It's like a, a coupon. Oh. I love that. I would cash that coupon in for something else. It's like the coupons you get in the mail for um, the circus. Can I go see the Grinch <laughs> instead? <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, I'll, I'll present my picks. Um, my favorite... Uh, my favorite, like, needless exposition of the movie was um, after Chloe drives up to the, like, mega car wreck. And, um, like, before before my favorite quote, she, she walks up to that man who is, like, bloody head to toe. And she says, are you okay? <laughs> Which I thought was great. I was like, man, what a classic line to tell someone who's clearly not okay. But then there's a woman... And That's just she, like Christianity's response to all of human suffering. <laughs> uh, are you okay? <laughs> um, there's this woman whose baby has disappeared, and she says, uh, "Have you seen my baby?" 
He disappeared from the car seat, but his clothes are there. He can't even walk. <laughs> He's probably naked. <laughs> He's gone off naked. And I was like, it's so... That was one of these moments where the movie is like, these fucking idiots watching this movie like don't get it. And this woman is like, he disappeared, but his clothes are still there. And then the stinger, he can't even walk. It's just <laughs> classic. So um, I also loved, this is my second runner up, and then I've got one more. Um, uh, at the beginning, when all these people are just like, like goggle eyed about uh, Kirk Cameron like recording the story, which is, <laughs> that scene is so fucking stupid when there's like these planes exploding and everyone's like what's going on and then kirk cameron's like there's only one way to find out <laughs> and then he walks outside and points his dinky little camera up at the night sky <laughs> as though that will capture like the I reality forgot about that. what's going like, on it's so absurd but there's all these people like like watching the feed back in the newsroom and there's this they're all like man he's the best reporter ever in the whole world and this one guy says he would have filmed Hiroshima from Ground Zero if he'd have been there. <laughs> like, like literally, what are you talking about? I, it's just another thing. It's like, I don't feel like the people in this movie like have an understanding of the reality of the world we live in. But, but my, my, favorite, my favorite line was, I think, a direct response to that, where these people were like, we got to show our viewers that we know some stuff. And um, it's the pilot in the cockpit, and uh, it's right when they're about to like take off, or it's before before everyone gets raptured. But he says, "Could you check the yaw damper?" <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was so great. It's such a like a pointless like specific line that they take the time to say, and uh, I just I love that. I'm surprised by so many of the lines. They take the time to yeah. say. Do I'm we think that that's because uh, so many of these people are volunteers? And so they were like, we got to give them a line. Like, mm. they took their time out of their day to be here, and we're not paying them, so we got to mm. give them a line. <laughs> that is very possible. Probably. I'm still confused by what is said by... I don't think I had fully... I was fully prepared when the old man in the desert approached and said the, like, <laughs> prophet thing, and then... Oh, yeah. and it's like he listens back to Hebrew, it later, yeah. later and it's in Hebrew. Like, what? What does he say? What is he talking about? I don't Seven days. He just, he just says a, a revelations thing, and yeah, if like revelations is nonsense, and it, yeah, Christians like to think that it's like some like dramatic prophetic thing, and it's someone having an acid trip. Yeah, it is literally, it is someone on a hallucinogenic talking about, like, a virgin riding a dragon. Like, it doesn't okay. make sense. And But people try to glean a lot of truth out of it because it's the, like, it's the book that explains the end. And it's like, mm. you can ask any any preacher and they're typically ta it, naming different things about it. And if, unless they're going off of someone else's teaching, the teachings are all super different. And most people say you're not supposed to take it literally, but a lot of people do take it literally. Like the the planes, because those the planes block out the sky. It's not I don't. It doesn't become night all of a sudden, and that's like part of it is like the sky will become night suddenly mm. because of something. Like it's a lot of little things in this movie are taken directly from Revelation, and it's like 
What's Kirk Cameron's role? Like, is he some kind of prophet? Or are we supposed to think that he's actually good, but he's being he's he's being left behind? He was left behind because he has to serve a purpose of some kind. Well, you should I read think... the next fifteen books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fine. We have to have a a representative of GNN to make sure that we're getting fair and non-biased news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Straight to video. Uh, next award, guess who's coming to dinner? Which character or element are you bringing from this movie to Friendsgiving dinner? What were the girls' names with the henna? Ivy and Gloria. The hackers. Are they hackers? They're or hackers. Are they I, ju- they're hackers? Are they? Because I had it written down that I don't know what they do. And I don't know why they work for GNN. I think yeah, they're gay hackers, sure. which is why I would love for them to come to dinner. <laughs> I think that they're probably the right choice. Um, I, I would definitely bring the rapture. I would, <laughs> I would fucking love that chaos in my life. I think um, yes. just experiencing that would be so wild, and uh, I'm I'm here for it. That's that's what I want. That's crazy. I was on the exact same page um, <laughs> what my idea was not quite the same my idea is um all the christians are gone <laughs> um and then you have dinner yeah <laughs> that'd be chill uh i mean you know the, the holidays are always just like fraught with weird religious ideas um, oh yeah, like Kurt Cameron talking about like saving Christmas. Yeah. Oh, he saved Christmas. Yeah, it was Kurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, if all the like real Jesus people are gone, we can stop pretending like everybody left has anything to do with <laughs> <laughs> uh, any sort of idea of sainthood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd just be nice to get rid of some of those people. <laughs> During dinner, I'll take it. <laughs> um, I'm taking Hattie's bottle blonde blowout. I want that hair. Ooh, yeah, man. that's a good call. That hair is the star of the show. It is shiny. It is fake, and I like it. <laughs> Ooh, maybe then I want a steamy plane romance. My Ooh. dinner's on a plane. Wow. Forbidden wow. love. Chicken or fish. Oh. <laughs> Neither. Veggie plate, thank you. Veggie plate, thank you. <laughs> okay, next award, retail therapy. What's your one piece of dream merch from this movie? Oh, I got it. The ability to disappear. Wow. Ooh, wow. But do you have to go to the, the rapture? <laughs> yeah, you go to the rapture, my favorite Where do mall you go store. if you disappear? <laughs> It's right next to the piercing pagoda. <laughs> I I would like to propose that the only worthwhile actually physical object in this movie is the the watch with the xenon disc in it. Mm. it maybe the mouse is cute. Mm. Right, okay. Uh, the only the only inanimate worthwhile object. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to watch the whole video of Pastor Billings explaining 
why you've been left behind. <laughs> I love that. Movie. Which he made three years prior. I can't believe he made a whole like he Pastor Billings is just so in tune with what's happening mm-hmm. in a way that I am not. Um he knows that the rapture is coming and that certain people will be left behind. Yeah. And that they will need an explanation for why they've been left behind. Um, he's just light years ahead of me, and I, I, I would like to um, get some of that sweet knowledge. Mm-hmm. I just said an uh, article of clothing of someone that had been raptured. Ooh. <laughs> you would buy Which that? feels much less creative now. <laughs> what no, about the cool teen Bible? Maybe the cool teen devotional. Oh, I know. I want uh, the pilot's edited home videos. Oh, my God. Who yeah. edited the birthday party video? They were I raptured like, at the birthday party. I was <laughs> like, this is also more work for some poor post-production intern who was like, why would this home video be edited? You just you tur- you hit record and you go. That's what a home video is. But they edited it. They lit it. The mom is way too happy in it. That's the only thing that's lit. Is that, <laughs> it is, is that home video. <laughs> and Pastor Billings' video. Yeah. <laughs> He's well Those lit. two pieces of media, because that's, that's the one guy that went to film school. He got pushed off to make those two videos. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter four. God. Okay. Uh, let's move on to chapter four. Play some games. Uh, one game in particular called 23andMe, wherein... We uh, vote to determine the lineage of this film by each proposing two films this movie is indebted to, stylistically, artistically, um, up to you. And uh, then we'll we'll, uh, cast some votes. Um, Does anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Uh, I had three, so I have to narrow it down. Uh, I have The Omen from 1976. Mm. Um... I have the Jesus movie from 1979, but I'm going to not do that one. I'm going to do Killer Clowns from Outer Space because of how much it scared (laughs) me as a child. (laughs) It's like clowns with a K. It's with a K. K. Right. Okay. Clowns. Oh, man. The movie that scared me most as a child was Jumanji. I was just talking about how scary that was. It was when that lion starts walking around. I thought it was going to come in my house. Mm Mm-hmm. Killer Clowns from Outer Space did, like, that was what caused me to realize I had an anxiety disorder, and I went to therapy for the first time, because I had flu-like symptoms after watching that film for an entire week. Oh my god. (laughs) Which I think is hilarious. So Killer Clowns, like this movie, scared you? Yes. Um, Why would you, why did you pick The Omen? Because it's about the origins of the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's too on the nose. No, I mean, this movie is too on the nose. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, My selections, uh, number one, are The Firm, Mm. which is... I love that movie. Oh, I do too. It's so good. (laughs) That's with Um, with Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. It is. It's incredible. It, It is the highest grossing John Grisham book turned into a movie. Um, and I 
probably like the highest selling John Grisham book. Um, but I think that it inspired this sort of uh, high-minded, serious-toned procedural that ruled the 90s mm. um, and eventually inspired the creation of this film, uh, which is a definitely a high-minded procedural, um, which again doesn't make very much sense it's a weird christian tone poem i don't know but i mean the beats of like paranoia and um like buzzword politics is there so that's my first pick second pick is halloween which I view as, you know, sparking, um, along with Jane Fonda's workout videos, the uh, B-movie revival of the 80s and 90s. Um, just like everybody was like, oh, I can make a movie. Um, I mean, if you don't know this, like Halloween is the reason why we have James Cameron. Like that's where fucking Terminator is just a ripoff of Halloween um which is like okay anybody can make like a sci-fi or horror b movie for not very much money and hopefully like it turns into a runaway success and this movie took that approach and it was a runaway success so my picks are the firm and halloween um my first pick is uh the series of CDs called Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had Wow. Yeah, I did too. I had several I, of them. I had Wows. Yeah. I had Now. Is that the same? Yeah. So no. Wow, Wow is a Christian no. ripoff of Now. Stop. It's the same thing. It's um, uh-huh. it's like the top charting Christian music songs from a given year so there's like wow 96 wow 97 um and or veggie tales yeah exactly veggie tales like there's silly songs with larry on some of these wow cds mm-hmm. um but i'm i'm picking the wow cds because uh, so they started in 96 and i feel like t- you know from what i'm aware of it was one of the first um attempts to make this kind of like compilation christian mass media like pop inflected um sort of striving for like crossover success but like mostly just marketed to christian people but like i think marketed as a crossover thing so like christian people were like wow non-christian people are like enjoying this stuff too Mm -hmm. but it was really just for them um and uh they all they're all like charted platinum cds like they sold a shitload of copies mm-hmm. um whoa but i think that um it, th- there's like some oh my god some of these like christian rock songs in left behind I, i'm sure were on the now cds um so i think that that kind of like christian like pop inflected media i think wow was a um like predecessor of that um and my other one is the empire strikes back um i think that uh 
I, this that that movie did not pop into my head until the very final scene of Left Behind, which is Kirk Cameron like strolling up to the church, and like the door opens, and all of the characters from the whole movie that are like the good guys are standing there in the church, and they welcome him in, and the door shuts, and the camera like cranes up and shows the whole church. But I was like, this is literally the way Empire Strikes Back ends. There's like all of the characters from the movie come together. There's a sense of like, they're going to conquer shit in the next installment. Um, but it's this kind of like cosmic scope storytelling, like space opera or like, you know, rapture opera um, mm-hmm. paired with a, a really like uh, extreme cliffhanger. Like I could not believe that this movie ended with as many, with as much like left hanging as it did. It was wild. Um, but I feel like Star Wars kind of paved the way for for film series to, uh, you know, be able to do that. You're just like, what? I know this movie doesn't wrap things up, but I know there's going to be another one, and so I just got to stick around for the next installment. Um, so Wow Music and Empire Strikes Back. Mm. I... I think those are very astute. I like. I could not every time I looked at the runtime of the movie and it was like 10 minutes left, I was like, how are they going <laughs> to fucking wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. And then same. they didn't do it. And I'm really upset. Mm-hmm. Um, if any of our listeners could provide me with a synopsis of the remaining books and or films, uh, please email us at hyperrealfilmclub <laughs> at gmail.com because I will most certainly be not watching them or reading them. <laughs> gonna be my question was is anybody gonna go and watch the others <laughs> maybe me <laughs> i really struggled this time normally i feel pretty good about my choices <laughs> um is one of them gonna be a um infinity war no should it be i don't know i i did write in my notes that this was a, this feels like a first draft of endgame <laughs> oh my god or what yeah. the one where they all disappear whichever one that is but yeah that's every i think maybe the one before endgame yeah um, infinity war yeah right 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 duh. uh i for some reason in my notes and i was just sitting here trying to think like why did i write this down like i wrote all the president's men down <laughs> oh yeah totally 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. i think it was because of that scene in the parking garage with dirt burton or you know um when they're like exchanging info and there's all these secrets and um i guess kirk is kind of both woodward and bernstein in that movie um um, you know obviously there is a journalism angle here um and then i was trying to find i i don't think it's real but i think i thought it was real for a while there's like a spoof kind of christian anti-drug psa um where like the mom starts screaming and um the they like start murdering the son because he um smoked weed and (laughs) and they're just everyone's chanting not even once not even once not even once and um i couldn't really find it or maybe I made it up in my head, but um, so I'm I ended sure up just that's real. writing and like a Christian sort of 
anti-drug commercial like it just had the vibes of all of those PSAs that I have seen as a kid I mean yeah. shout out to the YouTube video that I was obsessed with in high school where um, Kurt Cameron describes how God is real because bananas fit in your hand perfectly I remember that I what when yeah. you yeah. close your he, hand around he was like banana. this is clearly intelligent design look how perfectly this banana fits in my hand that's supposed to be a dick wow. right ah. it's supposed to be a dick but also like bananas that we have now that fit in your hand are we modified them to be that way yeah they're selectively engineered yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> those bananas like they're almost explicitly handmade um <laughs> I gotta find that. That's yeah. That sounds great. Man, that's so real though. Just like all, all like Christian PSA media. Like, there's so, there's so much of it, and yeah, this has so much. Just poor acting, all volunteers, low budget, over the top premise. But you leave being like, maybe I guess I'm convinced. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. I know that. Also, I shout out to the prepper videos with 50-gallon buckets of um, <laughs> oh, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name? He was married to ba- Tammy Baker. Jim Baker. Baker, yeah. Jim Baker, the evangelic. He's like the big one. That he was selling silver mm-hmm. during the pandemic as a cure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. I think that the old couple that gets raptured, I'm pretty sure that guy was a pretty famous televangelist. I read that as well. That's right. Yeah. These, these Christian movies always have cameos like that, too. Like in that God's Not Dead movie, the Duck Dynasty guys are in it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will go first. Um, I'm going to pick, oh, this is hard. Uh, wow. <laughs> the, um, the Christian CD series for sure. Also, oh man, it's so hard. Uh, all the president's men. Um, I think I got to go with. Uh, Jenny's nod to um, just Christian PSAs in general. I think, like, as a type of media, it is so specific. And this movie, like, so clearly treads in those footsteps. Um, and, oh, shit. Uh, I think I got to go with The Omen as well. I, I feel like... Um, yeah, the 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 rich history of antichrist movies is is very influenced by that one. Mm-hmm. Jenny, who you got? Um, I really like the killer clowns choice. Uh, I think that is funny. Um, and um, I think the firm is my other one. All right, Emily, who you got? Uh, I'm going with Wow because of all of the weird memories it unlocked when (laughs) 
David said it because I'd forgotten about those, but I owned like four of them. And I think I'm going to go with Halloween because I liked your explanation of that caused a bunch of people to think they could make films. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think this movie made anyone want to be a filmmaker? Yes, certainly. (laughs) Oh, boy. Do y'all remember any particular songs from WoW? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's... Okay. So WoW really loved this group called Super Chick. But Super Chick (laughs) made it into a bunch of, like, teen movies. Like, secular teen films. So that song, like... I'm a one girl revolution and I'll be everything that I want to be. That's in like probably yeah. like she's the man and like Mary oh Kay Ashley films. And it's in cadet mm. Kelly. Like, so super chick Whoa. managed to be, it was like super chick and reliant K and bands like that, that managed to be Christian bands that kind of slid their way, slithered into the mainstream and into secular music. And wow was really good at like putting those bands out. And Zoe Girl was one of my favorites. Ooh. Who yeah, did? I, I loved Reliant K. I had, like, several Reliant K CDs. I know multiple people who have Reliant K tattoos. <laughs> um, Obsessed. But also, they like, they broke into, like, MTV2 back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, the Christian crossover is so dead yeah it's so weird it was like a, a pretty normal thing like 15 years ago and it's um i don't past, think it would happen now past I, that. yeah i can't imagine a christian band getting super famous now not even a little bit yeah Mm-mm. was creed on like well? no one is gonna no creed was not explicitly christian Ooh. creed was like major label mm-hmm. um sort of stuff there were there were Creed ripoff bands though, like uh like Third Day. Sure. Like, like POD. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh um, POD. Uh I think POD was on actual now. Oh, if, was if, it? If that's the distinction between <laughs> now or wow. Christian <laughs> Christian music is now or wow. I th- I think that POD was on now rather yeah, than wow. Yeah, cuz they had a song in Blue Crush, I think. Oh yeah. But they weren't they an ex, uh, uh, an explicitly Christian no. band? POD wasn't Youth of the Nation. Yeah, I swore they were. That's the thing. That was the hard. Uh, that this is their number one searched thing was POD a Christian band? American Christian metal band. Yeah. But were they, were they on Wow? <laughs> <laughs> That's the POD. conversation. Now or Wow? Yeah. Wow. I swear I saw them with Skillet at one point. Oh, sure. Skillet? Wow. Skillet. That was I, another Christian metal I band. can't explain to you what Skillet is. <laughs> I, I know what I it is, and know. I can't tell you. Okay, let me... Here's here's all I can tell you about Skillet. It has two T's in it. Yeah. <laughs> Their performances have a lot of pyrotechnics. Y'all, WoW was going until 2019. Really? There's Wow Christmas, Wow Gospel, Wow Worship, Wow Essentials. Oh my God! Pod in 2018 was on a Gen X tour with Alien Ant Farm, Lit, and Buck Cherry. <sighs> yeah, I went. It was fucking sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, everyone's favorite Gen Xer. 
<laughs> oh man, can okay. you imagine the crowd at that concert? Oof. Oh. <laughs> there was like back in the day, like in the '90s when Wow came out. This was still when there was like, uh like big band revival shit coming out so there was like swing christian music yeah like not um, brian setzer but brian setzer-esque precisely what was yeah. their slogan because for now it was like now that's what i call music was it like wow that's what i call christian music <laughs> <laughs> i guess so yeah was, was the it title? must have been I don't think that they, because I don't think they had commercials or anything. Mm. They had music sure videos, it looks like, because they had some home videos that came out with like. That sounds terrifying. The Wow, 1997, the video. Oh, that's right, because they had Wow Gospel, they had Wow Hits, Wow Hymns. Wow for the children. Best sellers. Wow, the 90s. What's on that? Okay, we so might, might be... be yeah, we might be too far down the rabbit hole at this point. Probably. I'm fully Probably. invested um, in wow, though. Jars yeah, you of should, play. Yeah. Um, homework for everybody listening to this is uh, read about jars of clay. Um, <laughs> also, just know um, during this time, the computer has calculated... Uh, what the lineage of this movie is and it is 25% wow <laughs> the Christian CD compilation um, 12% all the president's men 12% the omen 12% the firm 12% killer clowns and 12% uh christian psas which i think is really astute i I mean i I think that that sounds exactly right and also like the kind of movie that i would not watch (laughs) (laughs) that Um, intersection is not where you want to (laughs) be yeah uh does anybody have any final like thoughts or theories that they need to get out of their system i need to tell y'all that and I could, my eight-year-old brain might have distorted this, but I'm almost positive that the second film is the origin story of the Antichrist, and it begins with him drowning a baby. Mm-hmm. And mm, we're gonna have to watch it now. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what is going on in that film. It's it is dark, genuinely dark. You're talking Did about you... Tribulation Force. <laughs> That's so the one. cool. Does the cast return for the second movie? Is I think the, so. Is the Marlboro Man in it? <laughs> I will have to check on that. I have okay. a question. Yeah. Um, would any of you recommend our listeners watch this movie? Mm. No. 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 I feel be... bad making y'all watch it. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I watched this, but this movie was fucking terrible. There was yeah. nothing fun about this. It was so like grim and like boring in a way that I hardly ever feel about movies. <laughs> like like the scenes the scenes that are supposed to be like the centerpieces, like when when they're like discovering all of the shit that is in the Bible that is like happening in real time and they were just like reading Bible verses and like locating these obscure Bible passages, I was like 
I hate this. I <laughs> fucking hate this. I feel like I'm back in Bible class in middle school, which I never wanted to be at. This is terrible. Oh I, there's God. no... It was like... um. It was like if you ever liked something like the Da Vinci Code, it's like, <laughs> like the someone imagined like the most horrible, boring version of that, that you could ever come up with, and just like made it the Bible, and it was awful. This movie is fucking terrible. David's closing thoughts. The Da Vinci Code is already <laughs> bad. This yeah. is a worse version of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, Da Vinci Code. This is like the I, most dour, was... straight-faced movie I've ever seen. It's... Oh God. And it's just I, so I still don't know what happened. Like we didn't even talk <laughs> about the fact that like the plot of this, the plot we didn't talk about the plot of this movie. Besides oh, the rapture uh-oh. happening, there's this whole plot about this man who creates this thing where he's able to oh, like yeah. they 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 the found Eden this serum. Yeah, they found this serum. They you know right, where they it's can like grow the cure for hunger in deserts. Mm-hmm. And. I don't understand fully how that played into anything. It's like, <laughs> I don't, like, that's what the the Antichrist needed to, like, there was all this convoluted UN subplot stuff so that the Antichrist could, like, get a hold of the serum and then control the world's food supply. But it was like, you're only controlling new food that's made with this serum. There's yes. other people still making food. <laughs> yeah. It was awful. <laughs> It was it was utter nonsense and like and like it wasn't fun. It was this movie was not fun. I really thought it was gonna be so much fun. Like I thought it was gonna be really really over the top, and it's just not. Well, and that like, is the Nick Cage I, one, I and so you would yeah. think like, oh, this is just gonna be more dated version of that. Yeah, but no. like I, that's the thing. Like that's so much better. Like the Nick Cage version, they. They take the plane scene, which is the best scene of the whole movie, mm-hmm. which is the most like dynamic, dramatic scene of the whole movie, because they're stuck in a bottle where they don't understand what's happening. And they're yes. not in like in the world as a setting, so they have no idea what's going on. And it takes that and like flushes out into like a full movie. And that's way better. I agree, and I was so confused because I had seen that one when I watched this, and we're on the plane, and they start to set up this challenge of being like, oh no, a lot of the air traffic controllers, you know, poofed away, and like, where are we going to land? And then they're like, we got to turn back, and then it just cuts to them on the, in the airport, just walking around. And I was like, what? What a missed opportunity. Terrible. That was easy. <laughs> <coughs> well... So for all of us, a resounding, a resounding, never watch this movie. Never watch this stupid movie. But with with the caveat that Emily, I think we're all so glad that you brought this movie (laughs) to this Mm -hmm. podcast because it is the perfect place to talk about what a fucking disaster it is. Yeah, for sure. No, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Uh, It's been fun to have it with Jenny, who doesn't have uh, as much of the same background, (laughs) and then with with both of y'all who have a very similar background. Uh-huh. I learned so and much. Yeah, I'm I think so this, glad. This movie gives, you know, it's like an alternate definition of a disaster movie because it is a disaster movie and it is also a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, 
for those tuning in, if you want to watch four really excellent films that take place in the Middle East, check out The Feminine Mashriq on yeah. uh, Hypermail's YouTube channel. Yes. <laughs> those Hell films yeah. are phenomenal, and I promise I spent more time uh, programming those than I did this one. <laughs> I literally halfway through this movie looked at Sean and I was like, oh, they're going to hate me. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah, it's funny because like we hadn't seen this before. I expected it to also be like more fun. Yeah. Than it was. It was just so prevalent when I was little that I was like, this must be just a hilarious disaster. And I was like, oh no, it's like kind of boring too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoyed, like, I feel like I had to watch it at some point. You know? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was nice to talk about it with people who are smart and invested and interested in the world at large. The truth, you know? for sure. Yeah, agreed. Hopefully, we can fund a fifth one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll be a good use of our time. <laughs> I need a, a a closing thought for me. Is I don't have all the answers. But for now, faith is enough. Mm. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It's not. Well, Emily, let us know if you have any other. (laughs) I will. How about this? I'll find a really fun movie for down the line. Yeah. Hop on and the pressure is on. I'm not asking you to redeem yourself. I'm just saying like. It was really fun doing this with you. Okay, good. <laughs> and I would love to do it again sometime. Sure, sure. I will. I'll be on the lookout. Yeah, Second like up. it's. I don't know. It's twenty twenty one is a, is weird, and this kind of feels like. I don't know. It's just like really fun to like hop on, hop on, and talk about, talk about stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. This has been a bright spot in my weird week, for sure. Same.